We're recording. Hey, welcome everyone to the episode two of Braswell Unleashed podcast. I wholesomely welcome you all to my show. Uh, I am joined by a few special guests. Uh, last episode, uh, she did not make her presence known, but that's okay. She's here now. She is the ever so talented artist. I kid you not. You should actually check out her Instagram, uh, Sonoshima. Oh my gosh, like freaking amazing. She she's going to draw characters for my novels one day. I, I bet. Sophie, introduce yourself. Hello, my name is Sophie. I like drawing sometimes, and, and sometimes she's... it's good. Yes. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's her monster drawings are just like, uh, they're god tier. It's insane. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's better. They're grotesque in a good way. <laughs> yeah. Grotesque in a good way. Thank much, you. Yeah. That actually means a lot to me. I like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that. That's the essence of art is to make it grotesque in an appealing way. Yeah. Like it. programming. Yeah. Or like <laughs> the fact that she drew uh, Halo Sam's profile. That he uses for his Discord. You can do your entire code on online, and it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Please don't do that. That's terrible, and I will delete your code. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, if you thanks for joining us. As per the usual, we got Mud Crab with us, blessing us with his presence, as well as the Chad Canadian Sam Samico himself. Yes. And of course, we have Halo Sam, or also known as Chatter Grapple Cat. Sam. The okay, Chatty. listen here, buddy. We have a we have this a competition brewing uh, between <laughs> our two Sams here. So. Boy, listen here, uh, bud. Hey, bud. Hey, bud. I'm older than you. I win. <laughs> I'm older than you. Fine. I win. Shit. I'm older than you. I win. I'm I older than all of you, so I win. Oh, I lost so much. <laughs> not allowed. Yeah, get good. Yep. <laughs> okay, so for taking to our last episode, we had to we were we were out of time, so we had to end on uh we had to end on Alston's uh gorgeous monologue on the beauty of Star Citizen. Um so I think what we're gonna do is we're gonna kick it right back off to that because Alston, I know that uh Star Citizen to basically do a quick recap. Star Citizen is a game that's still in alpha and it's been in development after 10 years. And it is a game that's been surrounded by, quote, controversy. Now, I don't, I don't know if you can really say controversy because it's so heavily overused by so many, uh, so many uh, news outlets these days. It's just when you're building a game to where you can potentially do about anything you want, it's going to take a while. Yeah, yeah, it'll take a long while. I will not be surprised if it's not done in five or ten more years, even. Because there's so much that they want to do with it, and there's so much they can do with it. Like, when you're creating a universe, literally a universe... Why did I fail that objective? When you're creating an entire universe, there's so much that you can do with it. Like, mm -hmm. there's a lot of stuff you can do now. Like, bounty hunting, uh, cargo missions, mining... Um, you can do, you can be a dirty crime boy. You can, do, you can race. You can, <laughs> there's a whole bunch of stuff that you can do. And that's not even scratching the surface. Like they've got space down. I mean, it's a space and that's going to be their main focus. But like I was mentioning earlier in the last episode of the podcast, um, I would love to see more planetary focus. And I'm mm -hmm. not surprised that moons are barren. Look at our moon. It's boring. Yeah, the gra it's got less gravity, but it's boring otherwise. But when you're looking at places like Microtech, when you're looking at Crusader, 
when I would say Hurston, but Hurston is a gas giant. Or is it the other way around? Well, l let me add some quick context to what you're also saying, too. Uh, a common issue with in, in any game is having visual fidelity. And obviously, you want to have something that's appealing and that you can feel immersed in. And while Star Citizen does accomplish that in many in many ways, it does. Uh, the immersion factor is pretty, it's just unreal. Uh, but a common issue they're running into is just what they're trying to do in the game is to add more uh, ecosystems on moons and planets. And ecosystems that are, when you walk around, you're, you feel like you can just touch the plant, reach out and touch the plants with your character. Or just take in the view of seeing a river go past you, which they haven't implemented rivers yet onto those moons they've implemented um only o they've only implemented i think an ocean so far on certain rats uh i think it's hurston there's a part of hurston that had yeah um i don't think it's more it's an ocean per se it's more like a dried up martiany ocean i think if i remember correctly yeah uh, they're not super familiar with hurston so there's yeah. Or maybe it, no, it's not Art Corp because Art Corp's an entire city. But Art Corp supposedly has an ocean underneath the city that you can go down in an elevator to later on. That they said. But I want I want to give y'all a statistic real quick. Uh, I have this pulled up via <laughs> R Star Citizen on Reddit. Uh, but on the latest link that was posted, this is I, I want to contrast this to other games and other studios in the industry. Star Citizen has so far raised $347,070,115. Not by any, that, that is to keep in mind, let me add, that's not coming from any AAA studio. That's not coming from Microsoft or Sony. That's coming straight from, from the gamers. The gamers have literally contributed to all this. Before I started playing this game, I often kind of question, like, is this really a game that can be backed by so many people? Mm -hmm. And now that I... Is that a player? No, that's not. Focus, Austin. <laughs> Listen. Anyways, um, now that I'm actually playing it, I'm actually playing it right now while we're speaking. Now that I'm actually playing it, I can definitely see, like, just why so many people back to this game and like i was saying last episode it's not even they're barely even scratching the surface this is barely the tip of the iceberg um and i think that there's so much potential in this game that you could literally play this game if when it's fully done you can literally play this game for years and not even touch the surface of it and not yeah, even get close to quote unquote beating the game that's the scary thing about it too, because they cross the three. They have three million players that have been registered on their website now. Three million players, all crowdfunded. That just blows my mind. Uh, Sam, K, were you gonna say something? Um. Yeah, I was gonna say how like Star Citizen's not really a game, so to speak. It's more like a ton of different games, because like you have the well, it's soon to be, but there you're gonna have homesteads on planets and like survival like a survival story game or like kind of arc or something like that mm -hmm. and you can also have space combat like eve online stuff like that just a ton of different games it's like a whole universe like it's not yeah it's not really a game it's more than that it, it's that's, 
Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Smart uh, Citizen to me is the only true space simulator. I would. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that that pretty much sums it for me, uh, at least in, in a nutshell. Is that the? It's crazy to me the amount of authenticated realism. <sighs> authenticated realism is that even a word? Uh, realism that they have, and the fact that it, what blows my mind is just get in a ship, take off, you're up in space. It, it, just like that. It, it's just like, I really want to see them implement, I think a, just a weird, cool idea to have them add in the future would be like throwing in rocket engines and just launching from a rocket. I don't know if that, that could ever be a thing, but I don't know, maybe, maybe that's just the inner space nerd in me wanting to see uh, if they could implement something like that. But I don't know. I don't know. What, what do you guys think? Uh, what was it again? The thought of implementing rockets, like having a rocket launch station in Star Citizen. I mean, I, I, think really, that... I don't really think that would be necessary. Because yeah. in, the, in the universe, in the lore, they've already advanced enough that they just have, like, cars pretty much they can just fly into space and go around looking at sites and stuff i would yeah, say fair. that i would say that one thing that um could be a little bit like what you're saying is like you know how in star wars when the jedi ship needs to go into hyperspace how they have that little thing that attaches to yeah, their ship uh, uh, yeah that it'd be the same it'd be a similar deal where like yeah you can go into quantum now but maybe there'd be like a super quantum that you could travel through systems because there's going to be multiple systems eventually. Yeah, they they're going to implement portals too later on. Uh, I also thought of another weird, uh, crazy idea. What if you could, you know, build your own satellites and launch them into orbit around the moon that you've built your homestead on? Yeah. That way you can get a notification if someone's entered your your uh, airspace. Yeah, that's another big thing. Um, I mean, eventually you could be able to like just buy entire moons or planets. If you're rich enough, there's going to be a ton of systems that there's going to be enough moons and planets so that could happen. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Also crossing over into the development phase of how they're how fast they're able to build a system. Now, it, it used to be like for them to build one moon, it, it took them like six months to do it. Now, and that took like, from what I heard, that took multiple people to build a moon and it took them six months. Now with the techniques and that they've just implemented into the new people that they're training, they can have one person build multiple moons within like a month. Something crazy like that. That is absolutely bonkers to me. Yeah. Which, uh, <laughs> yeah, which is like, dang, okay. Especially since they've just contracted a new creative studio. Uh, what really got me excited was a few months back, uh, Cloud Imperium contracted a new studio out. And basically, that enables them to focus more on adding new features into the game and shifting the focus onto the other team to build uh, systems uh, right. in hand instead of having to worry about, like, instead of them having to you know, put all that load on themselves because that's kind of slowed their process down for many years, I think, at this point. But is there anything else anyone else wants to add before we go to our next segment? Anyone? Don't get too excited. That's a no for me. That's no for me. All right, we ready for this? All right, so got it. So Sam, I'm gonna entertain uh, Halo. Sam, I'm gonna entertain you with a quick story. All right. 
out so since we did have our snowstorm last week i don't know if i told you the story yet behind the scenes but i did mention i told Austin, you already know i think sophie and hate and uh, uh chad canadian sound they know this one um so last week when we had a snowstorm in texas uh texas is obviously dealing with the statewide crisis of having no water no power and electric bills going as high as seventeen thousand dollars and but during all that chaos, uh, prior to it, when people were out of power, there were uh, a certain group of uh, truck owners who owned the Ford F-150 Hybrid. Now, keep in mind, this is a vehicle that specializes in a use case of having its own electric engine inside the truck. I mean, uh, electric generator, excuse me, inside the truck. And in a nutshell, it's able to, I did a little bit of research into this, it's able to pump out anywhere from 2.4 kilowatts of power, or you can upgrade it to 7.4 kilowatts. Now, to put that in perspective, you could power your entire house with this truck. And in fact, that's what these owners were doing, is that in order to stay warm during the freezing sub-zero cold weather, there were four truck owners who were literally pumping power into their entire houses uh, with their vehicles and using it as a portable generator, which I don't know if that tells you anything, but that's just freaking sick. Makes me look into that as my next truck. Sam, I'll let you have a floor. <laughs> I don't really have much to say about it, honestly. It's yeah. pretty cool. I'm surprised to hear that trucks can output that much power, but I'm not surprised to hear that people were had enough ingenuity to put that together. Yeah. I'm rather impressed What's with that. Really cool It is like the, how electric cars are on the rise. Like we see the Hummer EV. I was skeptical about the Hummer EV. And I think yeah, I tell me it. about the Hummer EV because I, I, when you were mentioning about it earlier, I, I, I did not know what to make of it. So essentially, it's a Hummer, but electric and good. And fully, and fully is it fully electric? Yeah, it's fully electric. So it has a thousand horsepower in it, uh, which just saying that alone is incredible. Um, electric vehicle, thousand horsepower. That's yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, uh, that's what i looked up last at least and it's not in production yet um but doug demiro he went over a video on it and it looks great it looks like a it's really cool so um like i said it's been a while since i looked at it so i may be a bit wrong on this okay i'm actually pulling this up right now holy crap yeah yeah okay yeah all right so here's what we got here's a few statistics on this one all right 1000 horsepower all right and 11,500 pounds of torque, all right? Yep. Zero to 60 in approximately three seconds. It has an infinity roof with modular sky panels and the ability for super cruise, which is driver assistance feature that offers hands-free driving with automatic lane changing on compatible roads. Yeah. Oh. Another oh thing that's really, another really cool quirk about it is, um, I see, is there a logo on the grill, the Hummer? Yeah, there is. It, it, it's literally, they have it. It's, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. The six, amount right, that it lights so. up is dependent on your battery life. So if you are if you have 100% charge, then it'll show the whole Hummer words. But uh-huh. if it's at like 50%, it'll only show like half the words or half the letters. Now, does it show it on the outside or in the inside of the vehicle? Uh, well, obviously, it'll show the battery life on the inside, but I'm talking about on the outside. Yeah, that, that's what I was thinking there. I was like, that. I feel like that would be a bit distracting. I mean, that would kind of annoy me just because it's like, I don't want people outside to know how much battery life I have in my vehicle. 
But that's oh, just I my preference. No, it's not practical. I was just saying it's neat. Yeah, it's a neat little nifty feature. But oh my gosh, a modular sky roof. Basically, you can take the sky roof off and have a essentially what is a convertible Hummer to drive around. Yeah. In. Yeah. Like an electric Jeep almost. Which yeah. won't be shocking if that comes out in the near future as well. Yeah, I'm also looking at the inside of the cockpit too, uh, the driver's hub, and it basically looks like a just this. It literally looks like something you would see in like a video game or something you would see like in Star Citizen. Like it has uh, display panels on there, and it looks like it's fully implemented touchscreen more or less. Mm -hmm. What I will say is this: I love electric vehicles, but I hope they don't get rid of gas combustion, which I think that over time they will. But I don't want that to be the near future because I'm a car nerd. And I yeah, like well, 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 I mean, let's go on that. It's like I love electric vehicles, but if you look at what Ford did with an electric generator, you're going to want a gas power for that, man. Just because it's like there that electric generator on the Ford F-150, that thing can last for three days. Yeah. On a full tank. Like that, that to me is insane. Mm-hmm. But I think that, excuse me, I'm eating a Hershey kiss. Oh, uh, it's okay. Um, I think that with electric vehicles, they aren't as tried and true as gas combustion. Mm -hmm. So naturally, they'll be a bit more expensive. But the price on that F-150 hybrid, which that's not a truly fully electric vehicle. Yeah to like 47,000. The Tesla Model 3 starts, what is it, Halo Sam, like 33, 30? Uh, somewhere in the 30,000 range. Somewhere in the 30,000 range. Electric vehicles back in the day were not nearly as powerful, let alone affordable. Um, so electric cars, they're moving fast. They're, yep. they're becoming extremely popular, extremely fast. I remember like a couple years ago, or not even that, um, just like a year ago, when they first started coming out, rolling out those electric vehicles, I was sort of iffy about them. Mm -hmm. And I see the, I see Tesla pop up. I see they're actually pretty, pretty neat, pretty reliable. So I started getting excited about them. First time yeah. I saw a Tesla in Jonesboro, I start freaking out. I do the same thing with any other thing that I see on the road. So I remember you blew, blew out a man's ears in Japan. I remember because you saw like what? What did you? What vehicle was it? That you saw? It wasn't in Japan. It was uh, when I was in Florida. Um, me yeah. and my buddy were driving back from work, and um, I saw a 911. First 911 mm. I've ever seen, and I screamed in his ear out nice. of excitement. But um, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. It was a 911 yeah. Turbo, I think. But yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Turbo S is one of my favorite cars. But um, anyways, anyways, uh, so um, the first time I saw a Tesla, naturally, I start freaking out about it. I see them more often, and I get kind of bored of them. I won't lie. Yeah. But my buddy owned a Model X Performance, and he gave me a ride in it. I was like, okay, this interior is actually pretty nice. And then he puts on the gas. And 
I won't say what I felt because this is for another sign. This is a podcast, but yeah, pretty much not not allowed. But yeah, I know what you're saying. It's not allowed, but it was fast, like zero to sixty. Are, are, are we are we talking to like when he the moment he hit the gas pedal, it immediately threw you back into your seat. It was like three. You felt like the force of like four four times the force of gravity. That yep. feeling. Yep. It yeah. was intense. And it was incredible, and I love it. He recently so, took me for a ride in his Corvette, too. It felt the same. Okay, the Corvette, so, actually, it, uh, well, we had wheel spins, so it wasn't exactly the same. But mm-hmm. it didn't take off as quickly. <laughs> we just made wheel spins. It reminds me, are, are spinners still a thing on, on, on cars? Yes. Okay. I haven't seen spinners. I haven't seen them in years. Uh, But I do remember when they were a trend back in the early 2000s, and I was like, oh, that's the coolest thing. Now I'm like, they're kind of cringy. It's just gaudy to look at, I guess. Well, it depends on how you do them. Some people do it really well, but some people, it's just, Like, I see a big Camaro with it. I see it like a Chevy Tahoe uh with one, and I think it looks nice. But if I see, like, a Camaro, God forbid, a Miata uh, Uh with that. Don't desecrate the Miata. Yeah, don't touch the Miata. Don't um, touch the Miata. Touch the Miata. Just don't touch well, like you that. can touch the Miata, but just don't put spinners on it. Just don't put 32s on there. Um, I didn't see a Miata with those, thankfully, but I'm just using that as an example. No, I'm sure yeah, it was I forgot to add this earlier when you mentioned that electric vehicles were becoming cheaper. And you are right, That, but still that... We're still stuck in the in-between phase where first-generation electric vehicles are becoming cheaper depreciating value which is great but if you look at the newest electric vehicles being released i look at the hummer uh, electric vehicle edition one it starts at one hundred and twelve thousand um, dollars i said i said they're getting less expensive i didn't say they're getting cheap you don't really expensive. want them to be super cheap either because i mean you can get right new less brand. excuse me excuse me i meant to say i meant to say less expensive is, is that what is that the correct term for it Less yeah, expensive. I would say less expensive. Not yeah, yeah, less expensive, which is great. But even the newer models that they're releasing are still way more expensive uh, for what you're going to be paying for. Right. Um, but yeah. I think that I forgot where I was going off of here, but something that is important to note when you're talking about cheap versus less expensive. Mm hmm. You can get a brand new Mitsubishi Mirage for $13,000. Do you want to know why it's so cheap? Go for because it. it comes with no features. You're lucky if it, you get an aux port. Hmm. They, I see some I see some on the road every now and then. And I'm just like, I'm sorry, dude. Because the thing is, I got a Mercedes C300. I got a really good deal on it. I could have easily bought a new um, Civic, just not a, not an optioned out Civic, but like a base Civic versus a used Mercedes Benz. And yes, the maintenance is a bit more expensive on the Mercedes, but I don't regret it at all. Yeah. Well, I also could have bought a Nissan 370Z, yeah, but yeah. it would have well, been impounded by now because I would have modified it. <laughs> you were, you're definitely. I, I'm going to go back and brush up on my car terminology because you are losing me when it comes to that kind of stuff. Oh, sorry. But I, 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 oh, no worries, man. I mean, it's just like 
we'll have to we'll have we'll just have to do a dedicate uh for all the car enthusiasts who may be listening in we'll have to do one dedicated to them okay. uh but uh, but going on to the next segment this is kind of a tough one because like I, we got three ones we can go for uh one everything's going to streaming nowadays paramount plus is starting to announce who they their uh their streaming service on the internet i mean on social media i saw an ad on my instagram the other day it was uh paramount plus is uh let's see what what was coming to a new show is coming to paramount plus halo yeah halo is coming to paramount plus the new uh show that they're filming uh, of course all of us who are hate the halo gamers we, we all know that I don't know how I feel about it because of certain uh, casting decisions and certain decisions people are making. Changing up the lore, it appears, but, you know, to each their own. Uh, lots of people are now canceling their Disney Plus subscription because Gina Carano uh, got fired by Disney uh, because apparently there was a, uh, according to certain, uh, we have to take it as rumors at this point, but apparently, uh, according to Doomcock, the uh, YouTuber, is reporting on a, uh, at least according to his source, he's uh, he can't independently verify th- what his source tells him, so we have to take it as a grain of salt and treat it as rumor. But apparently, a civil war is going on with Disney. Kathleen Kennedy's trying to destroy Star Wars in a nutshell, and Gina Carano was basically the starting point of basically killing Disney Plus. I think for a lot of people, when she was someone that a lot of people enjoyed working with, and ugh, so. I don't know. So we're talking about everything going to streaming. How do you guys feel about that now that movie theaters are starting to die out completely? (laughs) I'm kind of sad about movie theaters dying out because, I mean, a lot of people have great memories with their family or their loved ones going and watching a movie um, Mm -hmm. together. And there's sweet moments with that. Um, And obviously, you know, you got home theaters, but those are more expensive. Um, And not even one can afford those. As a matter of fact, I'd say not a lot of people can afford those. Um, mm-hmm. I think that it's a lot more convenient, but sometimes I think that I don't want to say it can straight up be a bad thing, but if we get too addicted to streaming, then it can um, just sort of have us be, be couch potatoes. Um, I think that and I'm not against streaming by any means. <laughs> says, 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 as we are all, as some of us are currently playing <laughs> Star Citizen. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey, I will have you know I'm doing homework. Quote unquote homework. Quote yeah, unquote homework. Um, but anyways, I think that um, I'm not against streaming. By any means, uh, stream what you want. When it comes to ads, I mean, can't really go wrong with no ads. Nobody likes ads. Um, well, as long as you're not paying, my, my thing is this, like, don't show ads on my streaming platform. I don't care what it is. I don't want to see ads. Like, I, I'd be willing to pay an extra to see you know, a few money, some extra money to not see ads. But it's just, y'all, y'all remember the time before we had streaming? that you would have to watch TV and every time you're watching like your favorite TV show, you always had the dreaded moment where everything would go to commercial and you would have like five minutes of commercials. Oh, I hate it. Oh, I hated it. Every time, every time that was like watching SpongeBob or cartoon network. And then everything goes to commercial and you got to wait. 
and this is before we even have like cell phones on, so we can look at look up things in between um look up stuff in between tv shows to keep ourselves entertained it, this was just like pure boredom waiting for the next uh waiting for your show to come back it was yeah, like the longest there it's like the only time that people will ever say that ads are good is during the Super Bowl. Like, I'll see one or two that pop up where I'm reasonably entertained. But for the most part, nobody likes ads. That's sort of a universal agreement. Like, a lot of people don't agree on things universally, especially in 2021. But you know exactly what I'm talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. The thing is, I didn't even watch the Super Bowl this year. I didn't even watch any of the commercials. I was just like, I, I just could, I could care less. It's just like there's no bat to me. It's like there's no magic to the Super Bowl anymore. I'm sorry. It's just the last like few years of the Super Bowls we've had. It's just I don't even feel the magic of. I don't even feel the magic of watching a football game of two play two of the best teams play. It's just more like a entertaining ad spectacle at this point or a place to make political statements for uh, me, if you're sing singing in between halftime shows you know what i'm saying for me the super bowl is less about the game itself and more about who you are who you're watching it with because yeah. i could care less about the teams the only teams that i really enjoy or the really teams the only teams that i really support are the saints and the red wolves obviously yeah. but which Red Wolves is college. Um, <laughs> Arkansas State University goes to the NFL. I wonder how that would play out. That would be interesting. Um, but Easy win. all the memories I have Pog. of this bowl aren't watching the Super Bowl itself. Like, yeah, there's cool moments, but it's really like sitting there, eating with the homies, just hanging out, really. Um, watching their excitement, honestly. Um, mm -hmm. if I just sit at home, watch the Super Bowl by myself, even if there's something like mind-boggling that happens, I'll just be like, "Oh, that's neat," and then just watch. But Super Bowl for me is less about, and I think that's the same thing with everyone. It's less about the game itself and more about the fact that you're with your friends, that you're with your family. Um, it's more about the event. I guess. Yeah. Social experience. It's yeah. more of the social experience. Like you're going there. It's just to get, get together with people. Uh, if we're just talking about the last time I truly felt like I was enjoying a Super Bowl game, it had to have been back in, I think 2009. This is when Tom Brady was still playing for the Patriots, but they were going undefeated. They were like 17 and 0. They were playing against the New York uh, City Giants, and this is when Eli Manning was the quarterback. Um, and I don't even know if he's still playing. I can't remember if he's retired or not. Um, Eli Manning? Eli Manning, yeah. Retired, not retarded, excuse me. Um, <laughs> um, he, he, I just remember this. I remember this because this was such a big, iconic moment. Patriots were undefeated. Giants had already were, weren't undefeated, so they were the underdog going into this. They were predicting that the Patriots would win, and I was like, "Screw that! I'm rooting for Eli Manning because he went to Ole Miss and uh, go Rebs." 
And so I just remember this. Uh, one of my uh, good friends, uh, this is when we were like 12 years old, though. I invited one of my friends over and we watched it together. But I just remember us screaming at the TV the entire time because the Giants ended up upsetting the Patriots. Tom Brady and I think his coach, Bill Belichick, they got so PO'd at the loss. They left before the game ended and because they were so mad at the fact that they lost the game. And I was just like oh, laughing. I was like, wow. But it's one of those that that was a bet that was probably my last best memory I had of a Super Bowl game. And I, that was when I was a kid. I don't know if that says anything about how it's degraded over the years. Yeah. I I was never really big into football to begin with, so obviously I have different opinions than other people that have played football and it's their life. Like one of my best friends, Isaiah, he played football for the Red Wolves his freshman year. Um so naturally he he's more into it than I am. Um and he was actually one of the people that got me I guess interested in football. What I really the sport that I really enjoy watching is rugby. I love rugby. I love my boys that are in rugby. Um cuz I know like a good portion of the t- of the team around half Hey of the ca- team. hey uh Canadian. Uh do you watch rugby? Nope. Not even nope. football or anything. Is that even a thing up in Canada? Oh, it's a thing. I'm just not interested in sports, watching sports in general. That's yeah, fair. I, I That's can't fair. watch it on TV. I have to be there for it to really like, for it to yeah. really, for me to really enjoy it. You got to be there in person to appreciate it. That, that's what I've learned. When I watch our, since our rugby team is number one in the nation. Number three. Uh, number three. Oh, they're number three now. Number okay. Five. Number five now. Okay, well, the last time I – last year, I went to one of their last games. They were ranked number one. And I just remember them destroying Clemson. Oh, uh, dude. Yeah. Destroying and, is lightly. Yeah, they were – oh, my gosh. The, the, the Clemson team got salty towards the end, but – Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah they tell. Oh, yeah, you were there, too. We were both there. Uh, but it, it, it was funny. It's funny looking back at all that. Uh but yeah, r- r- rugby is just one of those things you gotta gather in person to experience yeah, yourself. You really do. All you, right. Oops, sorry. Yeah. I'll let you, you. I'll let you conclude on this oh, one. I was just saying you can watch it on Facebook, but it's it is it's just not as good. Yeah, I agree. It's not. It's it's just one of those things you gotta see it in person. It, yeah. It's weird. Like I can watch football on TV and feel entertained by that, but if I go watch football in person. It's 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 totally different because obviously on TV they're showing all the different ways they they present it so well to where you always know what's going on. But if you like go see it live, you're you're sitting in one part of the stadium and you're not able to see every ang- different angle of what happened with the players. So right. that of course that it's different for each person. Obviously, if you want to see a football game in person, go see it in person because a lot of people love doing that. But that's just not me. I um, mean, that's the only way I can watch it. Yeah. Um, okay, so Halo, Halo. Let's talk about Halo for for a brief minute here. Um, we Halo Waypoint released a new update regarding uh, just a quick minor update on Halo Infinite. And I don't know, did you, how many of y'all saw the uh, new screenshots that were coming out from the game? I saw one of them. Uh, I didn't see like a lot of stuff about it because I just haven't looked at it yet. But it looks really good, in my opinion. Yeah, from the things we've seen in the new update, it looks a lot better than it did on that fateful 
Uh, Feel free to cut in, Sophie, if you want to. I saw your mic was going on and off there. (laughs) I was going to say, I kind of appreciate some good concept art. Mm -hmm. All right, cool. Fair enough. Um, Because I was wanting to add this to compare. There was a post on Reddit where compared one of the uh, screenshots uh, from the demo they debuted over a year ago in the summer compared to the screenshot of the sniper rifle. And the issue a lot of people were having with it was the fact that they were comparing two entirely different things. Uh, One was a picture that took place in broad daylight. And the other was a picture that took place during while the sun was setting. So you can definitely tell the game's gotten a lot better graphically speaking. Like uh, if you've seen some of the weapon screenshots, it was the sniper rifle. It's, it's combined elements from Halo 4 and 5, but mixed it in with, like, 3 and Reach, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it has this new, unique look. But basically, the play style... This is where I kind of want to... Before I... The play style that they're encouraging, at least what the update has basically given us, and to sum up the update in a nutshell, was essentially they expanded more on that you can go anywhere and attack any way you want to. So if you want to go in stealth, if you want to go in guns blazing with Marines, you can do it. Or I'm also getting under the impression that you're, since it's going to be more open exploration, your ammo, you're not going to have like, I get the impression your ammo is going to be limited, that you're going to be scavenging for weapons in a sense. Um, I could, I could be wrong, but I don't know. What do y'all think? It kind of feels like, uh, and it's been a while since I played the campaign, but Halo 4, it was the same way where it was just like, you couldn't really use the weapons that they gave you. Like, you had to scavenge. You had to use the weapons. I like that from a, uh, I guess, combat perspective. Uh, I never served. Just to to preface this, I've never served in the military, Mm -hmm. but... My um, my grandpa did, and he wasn't in a whole lot of combat, but he was in enough combat to sort of tell me like you kind of had to scavenge a little bit. You kind of had to look for ammo or provisions or whatever you needed, um, which I enjoyed from that perspective. But I think there was an achievement where you could only use like UNSC weaponry, and for a game that um, like if you're wanting to go for that achievement. You pretty much have to shoot whenever you have to and melee mm-hmm. for the rest of it, which I think is kind of iffy. I- I'm kind of iffy on that in a sense. Um, it it, it, it like kind of reminds me of the Breath of the Wild approach. It seems that they're taking for Halo Infinite because Breath of the Wild was you're scavenging around for weapons, but at the same time, depending on where you go and the monsters you encounter, you can also get some really solid guns. But you also notice this, Austin. And the E3 demo they debuted, you're, it's not just going to be, you know, banished weapons you're going to be, you know, grabbing of. Because the banished, they don't just use Covenant weapons. They use human weapons, too. And one shot, there was a brute using a human shotgun. So, so I'm under the impression that we're going to be encountering enemies that are going to be using human sniper rifles or certain different aspects of that. So, it's not just going to be you're constantly going to, you know, Halo 4's issue, I felt was, you know, you had to scavenge around for Covenant or Banish, or not Banish, uh, Promethean weapons. But in this case, it's looking like you're going to be, there's going to be a plentiful supply of guns for you to go around in. And I'll encourage each a different type of play style. Yeah. 
I I enjoy that aspect. Um, and for things like that achievement I was mentioning, if they implement that, it'll be it'll be feasible. It'll be doable. I'm not really much of an achievement hunter, so I could care less. But for those that are achievement hunters, like Roswell, I know that you're that you and John are quite a bit of a achievement hunter at times. John um, more so than John more so than me. Yeah, John more so than you. But um, you would you would benefit from that greatly. Um, mm -hmm. Especially going for something like that achievement that I was mentioning. And I don't again, I don't know if they have that or not. Um, mm -hmm. For y'all's sake, I hope they do. But for me, it's kind of iffy. But I do like that idea of the banished. I never played Halo Wars, which, if, if I'm not mistaken, is the origin of the banished. Correct? Yeah, so it, it was Halo. Halo Wars 2, sorry, sorry, Halo Sam, go ahead. No, no, I was just saying that's where it was, Halo Wars 2. Yeah, so, and let me just go and say that, like, Halo Wars 2 was a huge refresh that we really desperately needed, because kind of after Halo, uh, after, ha after Halo 5's disappointment, uh, it was just like, the, the thing is they, uh, Halo 5 could have been a whole lot better if they had just simply done things differently. But the biggest issue that they were having with Halo 5 uh, was the fact it was just how they executed the story. Like, if Cortana was going to be the villain, they should have set up the fact that she had the logic plague. Now, for our viewers, if you're a Halo lore expert, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But uh, to quickly recap it, uh, Cortana, there's a chance she has the logic plague, which basically the grave mind uh, from Halo 2... Essentially, what he did is the, the basically the flood Greymon has the ability to infect AI and make them bring them over to their side. So the th running long running theory is that the reason why Cortana went evil when she came back was because she was infected with the logic plague. But there's also another potential theory where sh this isn't even the Cortana at all because when Cortana died in Halo Four, she split into multiple fragments. So when one fragment came into touch with the uh, with whatever that device was that made the AI immortal, that was just the corrupted version of Cortana with the logic plague. And the Cortana that Master Chief is going to be with in Halo Infinite is the fragments is a fragment of her, but he's rebuilding her essentially into the original Cortana. That's my oh. theory at least. But I would so be down for that. Yeah, I would too. That sounds sick. Yeah, I, I mean, I could, for all I know, I could be totally off on that. But that, that to me sounds so much more exciting because it's like you're building a Cortana to stop a, a flood-infected Cortana. Because chances are we're probably going to be seeing the flood come back in Infinite. I, I would not be surprised. I would not either. Yeah, but I, I can't help but think of, like, the, the direction they may go with Infinite is it goes from dealing with the Banished to all of a sudden we're dealing with the flood to dealing with an infected Halo ring, just like in CE. But it kind of reminds me of the area in SPV3, in that Halo mod, where they added bonus campaign missions, where Master Chief is fighting his way back to save a group of Marines on a on a base. And he's at the same time, he's fighting against Covenant, the Covenant with human weapons that they were forced to use out of desperation, which was pretty dope, if you ask me. Uh, but that was... I, I have high hopes for Infinite. I don't know. If you guys want to add to it, by all means, please go ahead. The only concern that I had was graphics, but with the screenshot that came out, I no longer have any doubts. Yeah, I don't have any concerns. I mean, any concerns that I had at the very beginning from that last E3 demo is pretty much gone, subsided. I mean, we're talking about, you know, I'm so glad. I'll look it back at it. 
Halo Infinite would have released this November, but I'm so glad that they delayed it. And frankly, we're going to get flighting opportunities. So, we're, you know, it's not going to be until a few more months until we're finally able to play the beta version of this game because they're they're done. Like, they're done with the story and everything. All they're doing now is bug fixing. That's all that they're up to now that the development studio is doing. Oh, that's all that they're doing. Yeah, uh, that, that's what it said on the latest update. All they're doing is just fixing bugs and touching up the artistry because they're dealing with enemies T-posing, T-posing enemies, a few uh, maybe glitch uh, areas where the lighting's not correct. Uh, it's probably the most tedious phase, but the most crucial and important because obviously Cyberpunk 2077, the infamous T-posers at random, uh, the T-Pose cult, as y'all probably all are aware of. Citizen. Yeah, or Star Citizen 2. Or T-Pose Sam, as uh, Halo Sam knows. <laughs> I have been now, known to occasionally T-Pose. Yes, I, I was. It was quite a momentous occasion. It was my son had, my son had graduated high school. I was so proud of him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, at the end of the day, my take is uh, we we oh we could talk more about Halo Infinite story in a future podcast too if y'all are down for that. Uh, if anyone's interested, but like the thought of what that could be, of that predicted theories will say theory prediction. We could look into that, but I think we're going to move on to our last segment, which she should feel blessed and honored because she is so talented and she is smart woman. So why don't you introduce yourself a little bit and tell us about what is it that you do and what is it that you're so freaking talented at? Um, cause I am. Uh, yes. Oh, uh, well, okay. Um, I do like drawing. I mm-hmm. I do it every now and then. Not, not as much as I'd like to anymore because I'm busy. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I just... Mainly my practice comes from doodling in my schoolwork. So in a way, it's also just a way to kill time for me. Like, anyway. Um, but I've mostly grown up doing it on paper and stuff. So I'd really like to get more into, like, digital art. But the main mm-hmm. things that I like drawing are, uh, as Braswell's seen, like creatures and monsters and just like cool. Um... Sorry, my roommate's flushing the toilet. <laughs> I know, you're fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, dragons and uh, cryptids, mostly. I, I really love like fantasy, like Dark Souls, uh, yeah. the game franchise. I'm really oh into that sort yeah. of aesthetic. That's my, the epitome of the things that I want to if I, the dream job, if it was like a reliable, steady job, but it's not, but it would be maybe concept art. That would be mm-hmm. amazing. It, it would yeah. Be awesome. I, I hear the common issue for many people, especially with being an artist, is the crunch, crunch culture. And yeah. that basically, uh, Sophie, I don't know if you've heard of this, and by all means, t- you can tell me. But I hear a common issue, at least in the gaming industry, if you're an artist in the gaming industry, is the whole crunch culture conundrum, which basically means that you're basically a slave to your job. You don't, you work excessive hours for low pay, and you're mm. basically expected to work every single day. Yeah, you see, uh, that will kill the joy for me. Yeah. I don't want to, like, like, work a job where I wouldn't be able to do the things that I want and just ruin the whole the reason that I like doing it for my own enjoyment. So. Yeah, 
and so I, looking at your work, uh, the, the biggest thing that stands out to me about your work is your the the insane for one the insane level of detail. Um, I mean, you you draw with a mechanical pencil, which is even yes. crazier to me because when I looked at some of the drawings you sent me for a concept art for a monster. I was just blown away by one the excessive amount of detail I was looking at from the at working of the monster's abdominal muscles to him holding uh, the picture of a dead guy uh, that he had just killed, but he was holding him up by a shirt, and the level of shading you did to illustrate the lines and curvature of the guy's shirt as the monster was holding him, it, it made it, it, it blew my mind because it, it was just, it looked so real to me. And you you did that just with a freaking mechanical pencil. Like I'm curious to know, like wh- what makes you tick in that sense? Like what what is it that pulls out that inspiration for you? Oh, I don't I don't know how to put it into words. Like mm-hmm. whenever I want to draw something that's like cool, like oh I I would love to draw that. I'm like I don't know, like hmm. It's just cool, you know? When I see a cool dragon and it's got, like, cool details, like spikes and horns and it looks scary, I want to be able to replicate that feeling of, like, coolness, I guess. But You want to replicate the feeling of what you felt when you first saw it, and that's why you present it that way. That's funny because I feel the same way whenever I see a particular story that I love and enjoy. I'm like, how I felt when I watched that story, I want to make my audience feel the same way. Hmm. Does that make yeah. does that click does that click with you and like does that make sense? Are you following me on that one? Oh yeah, definitely. Whenever I, I like a, a picture of something I want to draw, I like at first I I kind of have an idea of it, like a vague idea. I don't like plan out my drawings because that's too too much of like the. If I worry too much just, about what I'm going to draw, then it's not going to. Is it more of a? It. It's an imp- it's an idea on the spot. You're just bored yeah. and you're thinking and all of a sudden you see something really cool, whether you're in class. Because my case is I would daydream the crap out of. <laughs> weird way of putting it i would daydream the mess uh whenever i was in like math class or whenever i was like looking at some setting something in history and i was just always just bored of school that's when it would hit me um it would hit it would hit me out of the middle of the nowhere and that's the thing your ideas and you can elaborate on this too Sefi. when inspiration hits you it, it's just it's at random and it, it just comes whenever you just see something that strikes you as interesting is that pretty much it yeah, yeah. Oh, I could turn on my cara- camera and show you guys some of my uh, schedule doodles. Like, I have a little, um, I don't know if you can probably see it by, uh, Uh-oh. probably right. too wide. She's on. Hey! Face reveal! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is where I try to write down the things that I want to do, and then uh-huh. I end up drawing in them instead. So here, I just, I really like birds and uh-huh. like, just creatures, you know, so I've got this, yeah. like, it's very okay, great. so I'm looking at that but, um, right now. Yeah, that's what's blowing like the the freaking teeth and fur <laughs> on the thing. Ooh, I got carried away. Let's see. I know. There's another some actually like really good ones in here. I'm like, dang, when did I like I, get I, the inspiration to draw these things? Okay. <laughs> yeah. The the funny thing is, I'm looking at at the top left corner of your screen. There's a sign that says that's hot, and I was about to say, oh, that's hot. <laughs> Let's see, this one's pretty cool. Yeah, so that looks like uh, it's like a mix between a, a Leviathan and the one in the middle. On, it's like a cross between a mm-hmm. Leviathan and a lion. Yeah, and a, uh, yeah. Some, a lion. weird-looking cow, I think, <laughs> I, if I was seeing uh, that correctly. Yeah, I think we basically got it down. But yeah. yeah. Oh, sometimes like, I also go into really, I guess, fine 
detail and sometimes I'll really like go loose. So it kind of depends on how I'm feeling mm. the day too. If I just want to yeah, do a little thing real quick or just actually go all out. It just looks know? like some depressed. He looks like a depressed. It's like a mix between a wolf and a cat with bat wings. Hmm. I, I, thought, looks, I thought I was like imagining wolf, but I was like, he should have yeah. some wings because why not? Yeah, because why not? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But what's crazy is you just tell the, the the poor creature just looks sad. Like the expressions you're able to draw on that. And so I guess I'm that trying. goes into like, yeah. So like when you're drawing expressions for your for your drawings, how does how do you work that in? Honestly, I could. That's probably one uh, area that I should like improve in because it's harder. It's mm -hmm. it's also harder on like creatures, I guess, because you have to humanize them a bit in order to get that mm -hmm. across. Like even some of them that I try to be realistic with, some of them are just like kind of dead in the eyes, just because they're they're mm -hmm. not human. I guess I kind of it feels yeah, it feels still so weird. Yeah, no, yeah. Hi there, I'm starting to see yeah. that better. There's a still there's a stillness to them. It, it gives kind of a. I can, yeah, I'm able to see what you're saying. Like in some instances, it, it looks really boring, and then in some instances, it's just kind of like, oh, well, maybe uh, some. But then, like there are other instances. I'm losing my train of thought here. It looks very visceral and real. There we go. That's what we're going for. Okay. That's what well, I'm trying Michael, to improve on too. So I, I know if you don't mind me asking this a little bit, I know that aren't you pursuing computer programming as a major? Yes. Okay. So what was, if you don't mind elaborating on that a little bit, I know that you, last time we talked about this, you said that you wanted to focus more on having something that you can have a career out of than going as an artist full time. But I also know that isn't it your dream one day to perhaps do drawing full time, you think? Mm, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to depend on it. Like having it as a side job would be cool. Mm -hmm. But I really don't want to kill that joy for me because whenever I'm forced to draw something, I, yeah. well, you know, if I'm doing it for pay, that's a different story. Yeah. But like on a, on a level where I'm doing it every day, for like hours and it's like, I don't know, I don't think I could keep up with that. So, like, so hypothetically speaking, if you were to get contracted for it and be like, all right, during yeah, this contract, yeah. we'll do you, we'll pay you full time to do it. We'll provide health. We'll provide you benefits uh just this is what we need um we'll cover you know whatever needs you have whether it's rent housing whatever bills um but like that would obviously do, would that would that create a level of freedom for you to feel like i don't feel pressure per se i just feel like i'm free to finally go after this that i've always wanted to do would you with that with that how would you feel like depending on they want depending on what they want me to do i guess because mm -hmm. And that at that point, that is like a full time job. Hmm. Yeah, I see. Well, an interesting thing to note from that is I can certainly respect that because obviously it's like it's something you want to enjoy doing, not something you know you want to kill as a vibe. And that, it's creative burnout, which is one of the worst things that can happen to an artist to begin with. Yeah. Uh, that book, already happens to me way too easily. <laughs> yeah. So you got to be careful with that one. Uh, yeah. So there's actually so funny thing. There's a book called Steal Like an Artist. Uh, which details into where creative types find inspiration and whatnot. But in this, he said, one of the most important things for an artist to have is one, don't go full time into the industry with your artwork, have a job on the side that you can do not only to sustain yourself, but also to, it also helps provide inspiration as well. 
because creative types, they need something that, in a sense, sense, not something that they can get bored with, but something that can act as a medium to help them, to push them to do whatever things they enjoy doing in their spare time uh, as a creative type, you could say. Yeah. I thought that was just a very interesting thing to add in from that and what you said. Yeah, I definitely relate to that a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, Sophie, is there anything else you would like to add? Um, not specifically, I don't think. Oh, do you want to tag your Instagram? Oh, <laughs> uh, can you do that, like, in the description or something? Or tell them to go down the <laughs> Yeah, below. yeah, I totally forgot. Yeah, Hit I love doing this button. shit. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll uh, tag Sophie's thing in the uh, Instagram. Uh, tag Sophie's Instagram with the link below uh, <laughs> for that one. So anyway, um, I think we're going to get ended on that note because basically, man, this went on way longer than I thought it would. Uh, we're about to hit six. We're, get, we're like six minutes away from 60 minutes. So uh, Sophie, thank you for giving us your time. Thank you to everyone who joined, to Canadian mm-hmm. Sam, uh, yeah. Mud Crab, to the Grappler Sam. Um <laughs> It was, it was a pleasure. I am looking at Samico's stream now, and not bad. Not bad at all. All right. Uh, guys, thank you all for joining. Thank you all for listening. We'll out-cue it out. And to all our viewers and listeners, we want to thank you all for listening on to this uh, podcast as we continue to find, as I continue to find my voice and creative style for this podcast. I want to thank everyone and wish you all a good day, and we'll cue it out now.